0: Hello and welcome to the podcast episode all about my third trimester. Now, I did actually record this a few days ago. I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but I did. (laughs) And it just sounded like I was reading from a textbook because I'd written notes. And I've just realized I just don't do well with notes and podcasts. I just do so much better if I just free flow. So, there we go. I'm going to free flow. Um, So, firstly, I just want to say if you are listening to this and you are pregnant, go back and listen to trimester one, and trimester two of the podcast, because they're a bit further back, but it might be really helpful for you to listen to those podcast episodes, rather than just going straight in at the end, unless you are in your third trimester, of course, and you just want to listen to this part, but I've recorded a little diary uh, of my first and uh, second trimester, so it's probably worthwhile that you go back and listen to those before this one, Um, and actually I will link them in the show notes as well. The other thing I wanted to say is when I talk about my third trimester, this is my experience in my third trimester, okay? Just please be aware that my experience may be very different to your experience. And if you are pregnant right now listening to this and... You've announced it and people know about it and you've made other pregnant mama friends, you will probably have realized, especially if this is your first and you didn't really know much about pregnancy before, because I definitely didn't, you will have probably realized that everybody's pregnancy is so bloody different. Um, and it's really important not to compare my pregnancy to your pregnancy because, like I said, every single pregnancy is different. Like I've been to a couple of different pregnancy classes, and literally, you know. The people stood in the room, we all have completely different stories to tell. So please take note and take stock of this is my diary, my experience. And if I've said something and (laughs) you're not on the same page with it, that's absolutely fine. And if I've said something and you've never experienced it, that's also absolutely fine. So there we go. Just needed to say that out loud before I continue. So I'm actually recording this and I am 39 weeks. I am ready to pop. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so I actually turned 39 weeks yesterday. And I'm going to launch this episode on my due date. So when this episode goes live, everybody will know that it's my due date. And who knows, the baby might come before, it might come on and be in that top top sort of 3% of babies that actually come on their due date, or it might come after. Uh, so yeah, there we go. So uh, it is September 22. And uh, this date, when this is being launched is uh, or released, I should say is my due date. Anyway, let's get to it. So the third trimester is 10 weeks long (laughs) doing the maths. No, it's even longer than that. It depends. So the, the third trimester is the other longest trimester. Is it? Please ignore me. My math does not work with brain. Oh my God, my brain does not work with mass. Okay, I'm going to shut Whatever. The, tri- the third trimester feels really long. That is what I was trying to say. The second trimester is long, is the longest trimester. But the third trimester feels forever. They all do, to be fair. But then I feel like I've had the quickest pregnancy ever. I'm clearly talking out of my ass right now. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, right now where I am, it feels like forever. But back around 30 weeks, I still felt pretty good. And um yeah, I, I to be honest, if I could rewind to like 28, 29, 30 weeks, I, I felt really like good. I felt like it was a great time to be pregnant. It was a great time to be alive. Um so let's walk through some of what I experienced. So towards the end of my last podcast episode I had just gone on holiday. So we went on holiday when I was 27 weeks. Um, And unfortunately, and I covered this on the last episode, but unfortunately, I actually had to have a gestational diabetes test just before I went, which was all quite dramatic. (laughs) And the reason for that is because I stupidly had my porridge, learn from this everybody, I stupidly had my porridge 10 minutes before my midwife appointment and did my urine sample at the midwives. So there was lots of sugar in my urine because I'd just eaten a massive bowl of porridge with loads of fruit. And um, obviously when you eat carbohydrates, it goes into your bloodstream and your urine. So anyway, we didn't get any test results back from the gestational diabetes, uh, examination or blood tests, I should say, which is a really positive sign, which basically means that you don't have it. And so for anyone listening, if you go and have a GD blood test, and you don't hear anything back, that's a positive sign. Okay, if you get a phone call, that's when you know, you need to have further examinations and so on and so forth. And I think you'll be consultant led from that point. Um, But no news is good news. And also, if you check on your Badger app, as well, the um, like test results come through. So it will say negative on kind of like your documents type thing. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I had that and then we came back from holiday. So I don't know if I actually went over my holiday on on the second trimester podcast I probably should have listened to this listened to it before I recorded this but never mind but just to briefly cover it we had an amazing time I definitely recommend anybody who is pregnant definitely go and do a baby moon as they like to call it it is lovely it's nice to just have those you know that last week or two weeks however long you go for with your partner just you two and obviously little bean in your belly um the only downsides I would say, is. It's not that comfortable to sunbathe it really isn't uh obviously you have to lie on your sides and after a while lying on your side feels uncomfortable i didn't really like it um also you cannot sunbathe well you can but you just get really hot and obviously you don't want to sunbathe because you know we don't want a cooked bean um but yeah, I, I was finding that I had to move my my sun lounger. This is such third world problems, isn't it? But I had to move my sun lounger around uh, like a shade spot. So I'd have like half my half my torso in the shade and have my legs out in the sun. And then I'd swip, switch and change it. And yeah, proper third world problems. But there we go. Um, So sunbathing is not that comfortable. But as long, you know, if you can you know, deal with that. That's fine. And it's, you know, everyone's really lovely. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, you're expecting when are you due? blah, blah, blah. Um, and what else did I experience when I was there? Oh, (laughs) acid reflux. So because we were obviously on holiday and we're eating slightly differently to what I'd eat at home, we were in Spain. So there there was a lot more like tapas and paella and quite rich, meaty, oily foods oh god did I get acid reflux it was horrific it's the first time I've actually had um it in pregnancy but by golly it was horrible to the point where like it got to the end of the week I could not wait to go home just eat my normal food for some reason I don't know why but in the particular part of Spain we were in Menorca there just didn't seem to be any like salad you couldn't get a decent salad anywhere I was just really craving like vegetables and salad and greens and it was all just Beige, <laughs> very nice beige. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, seafood and stuff. But I just, yeah, I just really missed, missed my five a day. Um, so acid reflux was for real on holiday. I also had a little bit of, um, belly button pain. So we did actually exercise whilst I was on holiday. Um, I do exercise typically anyway, um, but we had a gym at a hotel and Brad was actually doing a jujitsu competition, I think a week and a half after our, I was about to say our honeymoon, <laughs> not yet, uh, holiday. So I had to book somewhere that got a gym because he basically needed to make weight for his competition. Um, so he had to be in the gym every single day. So I went and did a couple of gym sessions with him and I've been training throughout my whole pregnancy anyway, as you all know, or if you didn't know, I, I have been, and, um, I think on a couple of occasions, I overdid it. And with the changes in the third trimester, my belly, my pregnant belly was getting bigger. And I don't think I maintained enough tension in the front of my core when I was doing particular exercises. But also on that note, and I'm going to go into this now anyway, but it's really, really normal for you to experience and get diastasis recti in this particular trimester. So diastasis, recti or recti, whatever you want to call it, is the separation in your abdominals. Um, so you've got like a sheath that runs down the front of your stomach called your linear alba. And then you've got your abdominals that connect to this sheath. And obviously, the bigger you get in pregnancy, the bigger the bump grows, the less space, well, the less your abdominals have like got the strength to hang on, basically. So your abdominals start to move apart. And this linear Alba down the front is obviously kind of wider. And um, the, you know, you haven't got your muscles there to support that kind of shelf, shelf, (laughs) that kind of um, sheath, I should say. So you will experience some uh, diastasis in your pregnancy. So I think this was at the point. So I was about 28 weeks here where things had really started to kick in. Like I was getting a little bit bigger. Um, a bump had started to show, but also because I was training, I did quite a few vertical pulling exercises. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's basically like lap pull down, right? Cable, cable pull downs, that kind of thing. So you're pulling from above your head all the way down. I did quite a few of those. And I noticed after, after those sessions, I, um, yeah, I've started to get like a bit of a burning sensation above my stomach, uh, above my tummy button. So I was panicking a little bit, as any pregnant woman does, you just panic at anything. Um, And I actually messaged my physio. So I have been working with a pelvic health physio throughout my pregnancy. I recommend that anyone does um, from 20 weeks. So definitely book and see a pelvic health physio um, just so that you've got a support network Um, I talk about this on my prenatal course as well. So if you're working with me or you want to work with me whilst you're pregnant and train, I encourage every single client to see a pelvic health physio because it's important that you build a relationship with a physio before birth and after birth because you might experience some pains in your pregnancy that I can't help with because I'm a personal trainer. I'm qualified in pre and postnatal coaching, but I'm not a qualified physio and I'm not qualified to deal with With pains as such. Anyway, going off on a tangent. Um, But I messaged Layla whilst I was on holiday, my physio, to say, I'm getting this burning sensation above my tummy button. These are the exercises I've been doing. You know, I'm on holiday. Do you think I've overdone it or do you think this is the start of diastasis? And she messaged me back and said, Chill out, you're on holiday. (laughs) Um, And secondly, yes potentially, and let's book an appointment for when you get back. So we booked an appointment when I, when I was there. So I just took a, a couple of a couple of days off rest. Um, I wasn't training every day. I think I only trained three, four times whilst I was there. We're only there for seven days. <laughs> but, you know, I love exercise and they weren't intense sessions. I just think, um, well, I know for a fact now going through pregnancies really helped me to adapt my programming. So I had put in these particular exercises for this stage of my pregnancy. But actually, what I realized is they're a bit too much. Um, So if you're going to be training with me and following my programming, all of this is considered like what I've been through, what I've experienced, you know, this is considered in the program. So We won't be doing that much vertical pulling as you get to your third trimester. Or if we are, it's uh, more of a slightly horizontal. But anyway, this is probably like gobbledygook if you don't really know PT terms. Anyway, (laughs) we had an amazing holiday. So there we go. So I got back. I was around 28, 29 weeks. Had a midwife appointment when we got back. And this, at this point, I think I actually do need to check my notes here. I think you have your first growth measurement. I'm really sorry. I have the window open because I am boiling in this room and there seems to be like a really loud van outside. So if you can hear a van, I'm very sorry about that. Um, So no, okay. No, I didn't. So 29, 30 weeks had a midwife appointment. Everything was okay, basically. And from that point, so when you get into your third trimester, they want to see you every two weeks. Um, So you'll go to the midwife every two weeks just to check everything's okay, basically, because, well, that's just what happens. Um, I was starting to show a lot more, so it's funny I say this, right? I looked at my comparison photos, so I took some uh, photos. Wow, they are so loud. I might have to go and close the window. I'm really sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, I looked at my comparison photos from like 28 weeks to now. I wasn't showing that much at all. Um, anyway, now I've got WhatsApp pinging. Oh, are they buggering off? Do you know what? I'm just going to pause this and I'm going to come back. I'm going to close the window. Okay, I am back. It was next door. They had a skip on their drive because they've had just gardening done and it was the guy coming to collect the skip. How friggin' rude. Anyway, that's drama is over and done with. So where was I, uh, you go to see a midwife every two weeks. Um, and I was starting to look more pregnant. So I did my comparison photos and I thought I looked really pregnant at 28 weeks, but I actually didn't at all. Um, my bump was still quite small. Now this is another thing that we need to talk about. I just need to talk about this. So one thing I've learned in pregnancy is everybody again, like I said, at the start is completely different. Like everybody's bump is so different. Everybody carries their bump in different ways. I had and I'm, I was going to come on to this later, but I'll come on to it now. I had been measuring small throughout my uh, pregnancy, basically in your third trimester, if you don't know this already, now I'm going to educate you on it. Um, at around 32 weeks, they do A growth measurement. So they basically measure your tummy to see how big your bump is and whether they think it's on the right centile. So the centile is like, I don't know, it's a percentage measurement basically of like how big the baby is. Um, That's probably really shit medical terms, but there we go. If you are below a certain centile, then they will send you for growth scans to see whether you are going to have a smaller baby and there are some complica- complications of risks that come with that or whether you're going to have a big baby and the same goes. So they measure your bump. I wasn't aware of this until I fell pregnant, until I got to the midwife, basically. Um, And at about 32 weeks yet, yeah, they do the, this measurement. I <coughs> was measuring small, um, which, you know, was no surprise because... You know i've trained throughout my whole pregnancy and pretty active I, I have maintained my you know i've maintained a slim physique i haven't gained that much weight as such and um, that is not my goal i just want to state that I, I never set out to not gain that much weight in pregnancy i just did me right um and i've got tight core muscles so all of these things kind of can equate to the fact that you know my bump is going to measure small So anyway, went for the midwife and she was like, right, I have to get you in for, (laughs) they kind of scare you a little bit, an emergency growth scan. It's like, fuck, like all of a sudden you've just gone from like being 32 weeks, like, yeah, I'm cool and fine to, you know, oh my God, it's an emergency. You've got to get in for a scan. Well, it's just a case of they just want to check the baby essentially. So I had a growth scan the next day. They basically just say like, we'll ring in the next day. We'll tell you what time we can get you into the hospital. Um, and actually, when I went for the growth scan, the baby was measuring smaller than they wanted it to be. So it's kind of below a certain centile. So to be honest with you, it is quite upsetting. Um, and I'm sure it would be actually really just as upsetting if you're measuring quite big. Um, but my first initial reaction was, you know, have I exercise? And I'm just going to be completely honest here, because these are the things that go through your mind as a mother to be like you all of a sudden this love and this deep care that never existed before like all of a sudden comes out in rage and I was like have I exercised too much you know am I not eating enough do I need to eat more am I doing too much do all of this like shit my baby's small you know is it mal- malnourished came into my head I burst into tears and bless her the sonographer was amazing who did my scan she pretty much held my hand and was like listen it is nothing that you have done we see big babies we say see normal size babies we see small babies that are all healthy from all different you know mothers healthy mothers there's nothing you've done. Babies just grow at different rates. And it was really, really lovely, actually. She was so lovely. And she was like, you, you just keep doing what you're doing because, you know, you're doing amazingly well. We just have to keep an eye on your baby. Sometimes some babies grow, like, slower than, the, than, than others. So, um, so yeah, so from that point, we were booked to see, um, uh, booked to go for a scan every two weeks, basically. And that's just the process that is what happens. And it's the same that if you have, you know, you're measuring with a big baby, you will go back and then we'll check on it. Because, like I said, there's risks at both ends of the spectrum. But from what I've learned, being pregnant and surrounding myself with lots of pregnant women, is that this happens to pretty much like most people. There was only a handful of people in like my. yoga class in my hypnobirthing class, there was only a couple of people that this did not happen to. So more often than not, people are either having big babies or small babies. And there seems to be this very kind of uh, minute uh, space for normal size babies. Um, You know, you've got to be absolutely accurate for it to be normal. And it's just ridiculous. But anyway, they have to measure it in some way, you know, they have to monitor the baby's growth. So there we go. Um, so on that note, let's move on (laughs) to, because we, we, I'll come back to scans in a minute. We started to write a, a birth plan. So I actually wrote a birth plan. I say we, Brad like read over it, fine. Um, but in our birthing course, we uh, talked about our birth plans and that kind of thing. And like I said before, uh, I'm pretty sure I said on my second trimester podcast, uh, definitely do a hypnobirthing course if you can. I've got a podcast episode on this um, with my lovely hypnobirthing teacher, Anna, so go back a few episodes and she talks about what is hypnobirthing. So if you've never done it before, definitely do it if you're pregnant. Um, and uh, we wrote or I wrote, I should say, the birth plans. Now, when it comes to birth plans, I do like encourage people to be flexible. You might plan for a complete spontaneous birth, vaginal birth, but it goes the other way. So I would always write two if you can. Um, but yeah, at about 33 weeks, I wrote my birth plan, which might seem very early and it was, but one of my good friends um, actually had her baby at 34 weeks, she was a little bit further ahead of me. um, But she had a few complications in her pregnancy. And this is what I mean, everybody's pregnancy is so different. And they basically, she went in for a scan or went in for an appointment, and they just said, we need to get your baby out out of you ASAP. So bless her, she she went into the hospital with her flip flops and uh, I think her mobile phone and her partner, and then you know was in hospital and then having the baby within the next kind of you know hour to two hours which is just crazy so at 33 weeks i just turned 33 weeks at this point i literally like lost my shit i was like oh my god she's just had a baby we've got nothing ready we had got stuff ready but i just went into overdrive and i think this is where like the nesting kicks in um i started uh, getting all of the car seat out cleaning it getting the pram out we tried to uh, basically i forced brad forced <laughs> to, to help me on the one uh, one day on the weekend um to put all of the pram in the car take it out put the pram together make sure we knew how it worked tried to get the dog the pram and the car seat in the car so we could do that P.S. It is like Jenga, seriously. Um, And just basically got everything ready. So I think that started, so my friend going into labor, um, that started off the nesting, the serious nesting, which you don't realize that you're doing, but you're definitely doing it. Um, I'm just going to quickly check that I haven't missed anything off my list, even though I'm trying not to make this robotic. Is there anything that I've missed from like 28 to 32 weeks um, oh, I went for my mummy uh, MOT. So, well, I went for my physio appointment. It's not my mummy MOT. But anyway, I went for my physio appointment with Ly- uh, Lyra. I can't talk today. With Layla, uh, my physio. And she confirmed that, yes, I did have diastasis recti Um and I had around two centimeters at my belly button, which is very normal. So this is the separation, right? So this is the separation of your abdominals and around two centimeters is about normal for where I was in pregnancy. So, um, you know, like I said, no matter how strong your core is, this is going to happen. You know, the baby's got to grow. Your bump has got to grow. Your abs have got to separate somewhere. Um, it pretty much happens in, I would say hundred percent of pregnancies. Um, and I think it was a centimeter above and a centimeter below. She was really like happy with the tension. So what we look for when we're kind of measuring your diastasis is obviously the separation, but the tension of the linear alba. So the sheath and um, how well supported it is. So this is something that I teach in my uh, prenatal program and my course, how to actually maintain tension through your core. Um, in your pregnancy, because it's really important, because yes, you are going to get ab separation, but you can actually maintain some level of um, core control so that you're not completely like pressing out into your abs and coning and doming is what we call it. So that's where your kind of stomach is pressing out of the linear, linear alba. And it kind of looks like a cone. Um, so she was really happy with the amount of tension that I had, the strength and the tension in the linear alba. Um, but she gave me a few tips. She, she gave me like um, a material band to put around my stomach that if I did feel that I wanted to uh, use, that I could at any point. I haven't actually used it. Sorry, Layla. Um, I didn't, I haven't felt like I've needed to, but if you are suffering with like soreness down the front of your tummy, I would definitely recommend going to see a physio, like I said, and they might actually give you one of these like straps and these belly supports and, you know, wear it, if it makes a difference, wear it, it's like a tubi grip, you know, like if you sprain your ankle, it's like one of those, like, yeah, um, and also she gave me an amazing massage, which is just lovely, you know, it's just so nice to have a massage in pregnancy. You're like, oh, my body's so sore. Um, so yeah, so I went to see her and she was quite happy with that. And we just, you know, it was just nice to have that point of contact to have somebody assess you in pregnancy and kind of go, yep, things are looking, you know, all right. Or if you experience this, 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 then try this. We went over how to like set up my pillows in bed and that kind of thing, because I haven't got on with a pregnancy pillow. I just don't like using it. So I've just stuck a pillow in between my knees and she just kind of showed me that. Um, Some other things that I'm going to mention, which I'm sorry, is gross, but when you're pregnant, Pregnant, you have to experience the fact that you're going to go through some gross stuff. Gross stuff is in your third trimester, you get a lot more discharge. I know, I'm sorry, it's gross, isn't it? But you do, it's, you get more discharge. And at first you're like, is this normal? It is completely normal. And so I'm, I'm assured by many other pregnant women. So I was getting a little bit more discharge, which again, is a bit gross and, and starting to feel a bit more tired. So I have been, I'm going to say it, I'm going to put it out there. I've been very lucky in my pregnancy. I've enjoyed pregnancy a lot. Um, <laughs> I might come back on that because these past this past week has been hard. But anyway, I've enjoyed pregnancy a lot. I've, even though I've had bouts of tiredness, I've still had pretty good energy. I've still maintained a good level of fitness, I would say, and strength. And I felt pretty good. There are definitely other pregnant women out there who are not as lucky as me. And I really feel for them, you know, people who experience, uh, I can never pronounce it right, but hyperemesis or yeah, hyperemesis gravidarum, gravidarum, that's it, HG, basically sickness throughout your whole pregnancy. There are women who go through that and it just must be absolute hell because you know for me who's had a really good positive pregnancy like i can't imagine feeling so shit throughout it i it would definitely put me off having another i'd probably say um so i'm really sorry if anybody is out there listening to this who's like fuck you i've had a horrendous pregnancy why are you saying it's so great um and if you ask somebody who's experiencing hg definitely Obviously, speak to midwife about it. I'm sure you will have anyway. But there are a lot of um, support kind of networks that you can speak to out there. So there is a website that you can go on, I think it's just called like pregnancy sickness.com or something like that. And basically, you can get peer support. So you can have a peer that checks in with you speaks to you regularly who's actually gone through it themselves. And I think that's really important. So if you haven't heard of that before and you are experiencing extreme sickness in your pregnancy, then I definitely recommend just type in, preg- type in pregnancy sickness support on Google and it will come up and there's like a helpline and all sorts. But as I was saying, I've had a really good pregnancy and to be honest, energy wise, I've definitely had some days where I've had dips in energy. Um, but I've managed, you know, my exercise well. I've not pushed myself to the max. I've been sensible, you know. I, there have been times that I've done things <laughs> like climbing Penny Fan, um, and actually, on my thirty-fourth week of, was it thirty-four weeks? No, thirty-three week. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. Um, I did an eleven-kilometer hike with my clients, as you do. Um, but, you know, I managed it at, at a comfortable pace, but I made sure that I had a good couple of rest days after that. So I think it's just really important that if you are going to try and maintain your fitness and your exercise throughout your pregnancy, that you're really realistic about it. And again, this is something you'll, you, you'll have support and uh, I'll cover in my prenatal program. Um, But you're realistic about it and you don't push yourself to the max. That's that's the main factor really is you, you you stop training with your hard level in, of intensity that you did before, you let that go, and you just train for movement. Um, and that way, I've managed to maintain a good level of exercise throughout, you know, the whole three trimesters. Um, I've definitely backed off exercise now at 39 weeks, a little bit, but uh, I'll come on to that in a second. So yeah, I've had a pretty good Uh, pregnancy. And even into my third trimester, I was still feeling pretty good. I wasn't really getting any aches and pains. Very, very lucky because again, a lot of women suffer with um, pelvic girdle pain. And if you do, definitely recommend you go and listen to the podcast that I recorded with Caitlin, who is a pelvic health physio. And she talks about how to manage pelvic girdle pain throughout your pregnancy. There's definitely a lot of support out there. And like I've said, about a million times in this podcast, work with a pelvic health physio. One thing I cannot stress enough is pregnant women do not need to suffer in your, you don't need to suffer with pain in your pregnancy. And if you are getting around every single day in constant pain, stop, stop it, reach out for help you know, go and see a pelvic health physio, speak to your midwife, see what help is out there and press for it. Tell them I am in excruciating pain with my pelvis. I need support. If you cannot get it through the NHS, because as we well know, the NHS is very, very busy and overrun, then do it privately. Obviously, if you can afford to, but go and see a chiropractor, an osteopath, a pelvic health physio. These people will help you manage your symptoms. There is help out there. You just have to go and get it. Um, So yeah, anyway, (laughs) I'll get off my uh, preachy, preachy stool. Um, So where was I? So at 33 weeks, I still felt pretty good. I still felt like I could train three times a week. I've only ever really exercised three times a week throughout pregnancy. Um, I don't think I've ever... Well, there was a couple of occasions I did four. But at this point, this is where... This is a beautiful part of pregnancy because you really start to see your baby move because it's bigger. Like, at 33 weeks, I remember seeing, like baby's like arms starting to poke out and well who knows if it was an arm but all of these different shapes pop up on your belly and you're like oh my god it's actually there it's very very weird and it feels really weird as well um but yeah and then I had a bit of a shit experience with my movements so talking about baby moving what I've noticed with my baby and again this is my experience, I would have a week of constant wriggle, it would just be wriggling all the time, and then a week where it's a bit quieter, and I think the week where it's a bit quieter was like a growth week, who knows, could be talking out my ass, but they tell you to look for patterns with your movement, and that's kind of how I felt the patterns were, but at 34 weeks, I felt like my movements had slowed down a lot, and almost came to a halt. And after three days, which is awful, I should have gone into triage earlier than that. So anyone listening to this, if you have a slowdown in movements and you are concerned about it, don't leave it three days. Um I did because I just felt like, well, I feel like the baby's pattern has done this before. And let's just see, you know, if it starts to pick up. Well, anyway. On the third day of barely any movement, I rang triage and I went into triage and um, was put on a monitor, basically, to see whether the baby was okay. Um, But, yeah, please take like your instinct. And if you're not feeling like things are right, just ring triage um don't leave it three days but anyway very luckily the baby was all fine it was just having some slower movements but it's quite funny when you get uh all strapped up because you've got all these monitors across your stomach and then you have what's called a detonator as brad called it so this button that you press that every time the baby moves it's like Phew. you gotta you gotta press it so anyway um they were very very good to me in triage very lovely even though we had to wait two and a half hours Oh my God, I was so hungry. Luckily the, uh, the midwife or whoever it was that came to see me, brought me a sandwich. I was very happy with my ham sandwich. Um, but yeah, so we went in and, and had some fetal monitoring and the, you know, on quite a few occasions, this has been brought up in different groups that have been involved in, so pregnancy yoga and hypnobirthing and stuff. And lots of, lots of mums go in for fetal monitoring and, you know, to see whether the baby's um, movements are okay. So it's it's not uncommon and it's not, you know, unnormal that if you've experienced low movement, just go in, just go and get checked. Um, okay, I'm also going to talk about this and I'm really sorry to bring it up, but I'm going to talk about it because it seems to be a common theme that I didn't really realise existed. But I also had at 34 Weeks some rectal bleeding yes I bled from my bum (laughs) but again I just want to talk about these things to make them you know a bit a bit I don't want to say normal normal's not the right word but to talk about them because these things happen to you in pregnancy and you're like oh my god um but then you realize it happens to loads of us so obviously, what can happen is there's a lot of pressure down there. And if you're straining when you're going for number two, sometimes things can happen. And you can end up getting either a little tear or even if you've got, you know, issues with your bowels already, things can happen. And basically, I bled from my bum a little bit, which did send me into panic. But then I realized it was from that end, not the other end. Um, And from research, I.e. went on Google, is this normal? Um, It is very normal to have that in pregnancy. So just want to make it clear. It's only actually happened to me. So it happened to me again a couple of weeks after. It's only happened to me twice throughout pregnancy. I think if it happened to me a lot more, I would have spoken to the midwife about it and gone to the GP. But from my knowledge and experience, I think it is quite common. Um, And it does happen to a lot of women. So untold. Um, so yeah, let, let's just just go there. Big, yeah. I was going to say big horrible poo. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Anyway, so what else happened in my third trimester? Well. I had my baby shower at 34 weeks, which was just the best thing ever. It was lovely. It was so nice. Thank you. If anybody's listening to this that came to my baby shower, I love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for making it so special because it was wonderful. I had the most amazing day, have so many precious memories. And I think if anybody's not sure whether they should have a baby shower or not, because sometimes, you know, these things can be a bit cheesy, just have one because it's so much fun. And yes, all eyes are on you. And if you don't like you know, being center of attention, then it's, yeah, you're going to be center of attention. And believe it or not, like you might listen to this thinking about, I, I do well with being the center of attention. I don't, <laughs> I'm an extrovert introvert, as they say, but, um, it is really lovely so I had the best day ever and obviously you get lots of nice gifts and you don't just get gifts for the baby you get gifts for you as well which is always lovely but yes I had a baby shower and it was fantastic and it was quite funny because everyone uh, had to vote on whether I'm having a boy or a girl and obviously I don't know well I don't know um, we haven't found out the sex um so yeah we shall see uh so at around 35 to six weeks so this was like three weeks ago now. The baby started really moving. just after I'd been to triage. all of a sudden it started to get its uh its uh, mojo back, but literally it just didn't stop again. I think this was the point where, and i' I'm, you know, I th- I'm sure some women get this earlier on, but literally I could like feel a foot in my rib cage it is the weirdest thing ever and you can like see it as well you're like oh my god there's actually a foot there Um, but the baby was moving shit loads this week um, at about 35 36 weeks and I had a photo shoot booked so again another another thing that I wasn't sure of when I first got pregnant like would I do these things like would I have a baby shower would I have a uh, a maternity shoot And one of my really close friends, I'll link her um, Instagram in the show notes, is a maternity photographer. Um, And she takes pregnancy photos, newborn, family photos, etc. And yeah, I was just like, sod it, let's do it. And it's so lovely. Honestly, you feel like the most special woman ever. It's really nice. it's so lovely to have such precious m- memories of your you and your bump and my photograph my friend photography friend who took them is just incredible. So if you want to go and have a look at those photos then I'll link them in the show notes. but <laughs> at this point in my pregnancy, it was the hottest day. Or time of the year. So throughout my third trimester, there were two heat waves, and I would just like to say, being pregnant in heat waves is fucking horrific. <laughs> you are sweating from absolutely everywhere, and it's just not comfortable. So that was fun. Um, I definitely felt miserable. I think at this point, I was really starting to feel fed up of just being pregnant. But I think it was more of the case. It was it was really hot. Um, so yeah then what did we do from there so at 36 weeks I started to nest a lot <laughs> um I started to go a little bit AWOL on the food prep prep stuff so batch cooking so I made apple crumble I made baked oats I made um chili did I make chili I don't know if I've made chili. I need to go make that now. Spaghetti bolognese. I made curry. I made this. I made that. I just literally went, <laughs> went to town on the food prep stuff. Um, but everyone tells you to do it. And I think it's a great idea. And even though I don't really like cooking, the fact that I now have a freezer full of cooked food for when the baby comes, and so I don't even have to think about it. Like, fucking go me. <laughs> That's all I can say. So, if anybody is joining my prenatal program, I know I've brought it up a few times, but hey, I've got to drop it in there. Um, I am actually going to link all of the stuff that I've like batch cooked and made to just give you some tips and ideas. Um, I don't think I've actually made that much, but Brad seems to think I have. Um, but yeah, they do recommend that you do it because, you know, the first kind of couple of weeks where you've got that newborn it's going to get tough. You know, you're probably going to be really tired. You probably aren't going to want to cook that much. And, you know, we, yes, we could all order a takeaway every single night, but we would be skin and it wouldn't be very good for us would it. So I do think it's really helpful actually to do a lot of food prep. Um, and one thing, one little tip I'll give you is what I tended to do was if I was making a spaghetti bolognese, instead of having, like we do like spag bowl on a Tuesday and spag bowl on a Wednesday, cause you know, there's two of us and I make four portions. I just didn't, we just didn't have the spag bol on a Wednesday. That would just be the freezer portion. So you can kind of like build batch cooking into your week. You don't have to go out and buy a shed load of ingredients. You can kind of do it with the the ingredients you have, if that makes sense. Uh, So yeah. And also I've made some like, energy balls as well which we'll see if I like those when <laughs> when I when I have the baby. Um so on this week as well 34 weeks. Have I gone back a week? Well yes. I have but um we went back in for another growth scan and really luckily the baby had had a growing spurt, gross spurt. See this is the thing. This is where I'm like the baby went quiet for a few days. Maybe that was because it was having a bit of a gross spurt, I don't know. Um but the growth had gone back up to where they were happy with it. So felt amazing. I was like, yay. Um, and what else? Oh, and also part of nesting. I started, uh, this is another little tip I'll give you started sorting out all of the baby's outfits <laughs> and put them in boxes with labels on. I know OCD, but one of my clients gave me this tip and I think it's a really good tip. So I'm going to give it to you all. Basically you put all of the vests in size order in like boxes and on the boxes you label what the box is full of so is it long sleeve vest short sleeve vest and what size they are so that if your partner or you needs to go and change the baby quickly you know where to go versus going into a drawer with like loads of dividers in it and then having to actually look at the baby grows to see what size they are so just a little tip for you there for the new nesters out there when you're organising your baby's clothes, try and do it with like labels on it somehow. Like if you've got drawers, maybe you want to label the drawers. I've got boxes because all of our baby clothes are in a wardrobe. So I've got like clear boxes in the wardrobe. So yeah, there's a little tip for you. So let's get to the bread and butter of 36 weeks onwards, because this is the time where you realize shit gets real I think at 36 weeks I remember saying this in the yoga class like I was at 36 weeks the week after obviously I was 37 and uh (laughs) I said I think at 37 weeks you you really start to think oh this is it now like this is real like this baby is gonna come out soon and uh it just yeah I think when you get to that 36 week 37 mark you're like oh my god this is it. This is the end. The end is now in sight. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm I'm going to talk about, you know, my own experience here, (laughs) obviously. Um, But you do get to a point where you're like, shit, this baby has got to come out. And it's either going to come out one way or the other, you know, sunroof or whatever, through your vagina. And you just look at your bumps sometimes. You're like, oh, my God, how is that going to fit through that hole? Uh, So there definitely is a little bit of, like, holy shit, realisation in this part of your trimester. Um, Yeah, I've definitely felt like that. And also... I've actually really enjoyed being pregnant and the fact that I'm getting close to being on the other side of it, it's scary. It's like, Oh my God, I've got it. I'm going to have this human to look after. How am I going to do that? Um, So I definitely have like thought about that quite a lot, like, oh, my God. And yeah, do you know what? I've done hypnobirthing and I think you can practice all of the affirmations and listen to the MP3s and, you know, really think about positive things about birth. But in reality, like you are going to go through something that you've never been through before. (laughs) And it is scary. Um, So it's very normal to still feel that way. And, you know, speak to your friends, speak to your family about it, because most mothers will tell you they felt exactly the same. And most of them, not most of them, a majority of mothers will say that they would do the birth over and over again. So do not panic if you um, are worried about birth, because there's lots of women out there who actually loved it and said it's the most empowering thing they ever did. Not everybody, because, you know, everybody has different experiences, but the people that tell you that they had empower, empowering wonderful experiences, treasure those people because they, they will be your lifeline. Um, so, yeah. So some other things that you might experience at this end part of your pregnancy is you're going to feel a lot more tired. It really kicked in for me at about Well, quite late for me, to be honest. Like my tiredness levels have been pretty manageable but around 37 38 weeks, I started to really notice that my body just didn't want to do as much as I was doing prior. Um, my workouts have definitely dropped down. I'm still man. Well, I, I still have managed about three workouts a week, but most of those workouts have been about 20 minutes, um, and one being about an hour. Um, so definitely have reduced workouts. And I know uh, listen, at, at, at any point in your pregnancy you can tap out. Like if you get to the point where you're like, do you know what? I'm 34 weeks. I've had enough. I can't do any more exercise. That's absolutely fine. Like you need to own it. And that's, it's okay. I personally have felt that I wanted to carry on, but there have definitely been days where I've had, three maybe four days rest in a row just because I really felt like I needed it and I think it's really important you learn to listen to your body and you might find actually after a decent couple of days rest that all of a sudden you find this new energy and you're like actually I want to move my body so that is what I've been doing I've been very intuitive with the way that I've approached exercise and I haven't been scared to cut down on my exercise. I haven't been scared to stop a workout if it didn't feel like it. I haven't been scared to just do 10 minutes. I've just done what feels right. And sometimes that has been a case of, come on, Angie, just do something. You know, you'll feel better for it. It's not a case of always being motivated because even being, you know, not being pregnant, you don't feel that way. But it is quite nice sometimes to just show up to 10 minutes and do something for 10-15 minutes and feel quite good after and keeping the intensity quite low that's definitely something I would recommend towards the end of your your third trimester the intensity of your workouts really needs to drop back if you want to maintain a level of you know fitness at this stage you need to back off because the more and more you push in your workouts the more and more rest days you need (laughs) because your body essentially is at this point where it's really really driving all of its energy into you know the last stages of growth for your baby and you are going to feel energy depleted if you're still trying to smash out workouts hopefully you're not Um, But yeah, I really advise that. So I definitely felt more tired at this stage of pregnancy. Definitely felt that I've had a few aches and pains. I definitely have been getting a little bit more pelvic girdle pain. One thing I've definitely noticed as well with pelvic girdle pain is if I've been stressed and if I've been very tired, the pelvic girdle pain increases. If I have been well rested and not so stressed, the pelvic girdle pain has got better. So if you've listened to that uh, pelvic health physio podcast that me and Caitlin did, you will recognize what I'm saying here that a lot of your pelvis is to do with stress, and how much stress you're putting on your body. And actually, if you're not as stressed, you might find that your pelvic girdle pain reduces. So things that I've been doing to manage my stress levels is communicate how I feel, journaling, meditation, and just listening to my body and making sure that I rest so if I need to have a couple of days off you know I need to get someone to walk the dog then I do that and I reach out for help and I think it's really important to almost surrender is probably the wrong word but I'm going to use it surrender a little bit and realize do you know what I'm in pain I need to make sure that I'm looking after myself, my physical and my mental wellness to move out of this pain. Because the more and more you push, the more and more tense you get, the more and more annoyed you get, the more and more that pelvic uh, girdle pain is going to increase. Like I said, you should be working with a pelvic health physio if you're experiencing these kind of pains. And a couple of things that have been really beneficial to me is things like stretching out the sides of my body. So um, pregnancy yoga has been really good for that hip flexor stretching as well. So stretching out my hips and also spending a little bit of time on my back, not hours and hours, but spending a little bit of time lying on my back, I'm literally talking about two minutes to three minutes of just letting my spine settle. I know people get a bit scared about, you know, lying on your back in pregnancy, but Hey, I've woken up in the middle of night on my frigging back. And when you go into hospital, what do they do? They put you on your back. Um, the dangers of being on your back is like, from being on your back for hours and hours and hours not two minutes of just letting your spine settle out I think because we're so much on our sides all the time in pregnancy and we're in kind of like that fetal bent position it puts so much uh, pressure on our pelvis you know, squashing quite a lot that just letting yourself actually stretch out for a little bit on your back is is really quite comfortable. But obviously, each their own, if you're not comfortable lying on your back, then absolutely don't. I've just found that combining a little bit of just lying on my back each day, just on the hard floor has really helped to settle out um, my pelvis a little bit. And also, there's, what's it called? Kicks. There's a, um, A lady I follow on Instagram, her name has gone out of my head completely, but she recommends a position called kicks, which is knees in, calves out. Kicks out? Yeah, Kiko. There we go. Kiko. Knees in, calves out. Um, And she recommends this position for birth. But what I've actually found is if you go onto all fours and, um, you know, when you're doing pelvic tilts, if you actually bring your knees in a little bit, and take your calves out can actually really help to release um your pelvis so it might be that actually you don't just do it for birth you actually spend a bit of time in that position when you're you know you're not birthing when you're just you know having a little bit of a stretch and that kind of thing so knees in calves out if i remember who it is then i will i'll post it in the show notes anyway So you can go and follow her. Um, So this stage of pregnancy is a lot more uncomfortable. And I'm obviously at 39 weeks now and I am at the end of my tether. (laughs) Like I said before, I didn't really think I would get to this stage, but I did. Um, And I now can't walk the dog. So until last week, so 38 weeks, 39 now, until last week, I was still walking the dog once a day. Wasn't walking him on lead anymore because that was pulling me. And I just felt it was a bit too much, but I was doing his off lead walk. So I was still going out for an hour's walk every day up until last week where it just got too much. The baby's head is so low. And that has been confirmed now because we had a scan on Monday and uh, a gross scan and they couldn't measure the head because the baby's head is so low. But the baby's head is so low. It's just too uncomfortable. It feels like there's a lot of pressure in my pelvis and I can walk for probably about 15, 20 minutes. And it's just too much. So I have had to surrender a little bit. And I have had to, you know, chill out a little bit more and get used to being at home and sat down and that kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm still somehow hitting 10,000 steps a day. But I think that's just because you end up cleaning and all sorts. And I'm still doing a little bit of exercise. I did a workout the other day with Brad in the shed, and I did 10-15 minutes. But it was really, really steady really, really easy, nothing, you know, majorly intense, but I just wanted to move my body. But it was something that was manageable to me. Will I do another workout now? I don't know, I might do. But I can't go out for, you know, an hour's walk anymore. It's just too much on my body. And I think you do get to a stage where you have to go, do you know what, my body's now got to get ready for a marathon, it's got to get ready for birth. And, I need to charge up for that. So if that means that I need to cut down on my movement a little bit and, you know, get used to being a little bit more sedentary for a few days, then that's absolutely fine. And that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. And coming from a background of, you know, somebody who has probably been a fitness fanatic a whole life, it is, it's a hard pill to swallow, but you do just kind of have to roll with it and think, right, if I'm going to be in labor for, you know, I could be in labor for two days, who knows? I need some bloody energy for that the other thing i wanted to talk about was food so food feels like it becomes the enemy again in your third trimester definitely from 36 week 36 weeks it has affected me i have had acid reflux um not loads but some days holy moly it literally feels like i was about to almost throw up my dinner And also you got like, I've just gone off certain foods and I've spoken to a lot of people about this. And it is really common in your third trimester that you feel like you go through your first trimester. Again, you go off food, like you go off particular foods and you just can't stomach certain things and your appetite goes up, but it also decreases. So I feel like I can't eat massive meals anymore, but I can eat lots of snacks. So if you get to your third trimester and your eating habits and patterns like completely go out the window please do not panic it's again very normal your baby's so much bigger it's pressing on your stomach you know you haven't got that much room anymore it's no wonder you don't have that much space space for a big meal you know some women do. Some women are still eating big meals. But I definitely find, sorry, I'm just going to move. I definitely find that I can't eat as big a meals anymore. I'll get halfway through a meal and I'm like, got to tap out. I'm done. <laughs> but then sometimes I'll come back to it later. Um, I'm definitely snacking a lot more and not always snacking on the best things. You know, biscuits have crept back in the house. I've been snacking on like toast and things like that. But do you know what? I'm just riding it out for the, for God's sake, like, i've got a couple of weeks left and my body wants a few more carbohydrates then so be it that's okay you know i think it's really good to normalize that you know your eating habits and patterns and taste buds change uh, one of um, my followers actually messaged me the other day because i popped this on my story to say you know did anybody else experience um sort of changing food uh, tastes in their third trimester and she said all I literally ate throughout my third trimester was twiglets so there you go um, and obviously it's really good to try and charge your body so fuel your body and I'm still eating lots of porridge oats and trying to get enough fiber in as well because you know at this point you can end up getting quite constipated um, but you know just doing what you can to support to tick your healthy boxes but if you do need to eat a little bit more shit then just roll with it um I've definitely noticed that I want to eat cereal all the time <laughs> I love cereal anyway um so yeah so I definitely think your food palate changes and that's normal and I've, I've needed more carbs my body seems to all it wants is carbs at the moment and I'm just rolling with it it's fine it's about to go through a marathon I think who knows? I might fly the baby out in like an hour. That would be lovely. Um but yeah, so food, food choices change. The final thing, I mean, I've talked about this anyways, tiredness. Like tiredness really does creep creep in. I'm at 39 weeks now, and for the past two days, I have needed a nap each day to get through the day. Today I've barely moved that much. Um it's now in the afternoon. And I did have a bath as well. I am still working because I work for myself. So I'm still doing a few things with work. Um, But I am taking a lot more rest now and trying to uh, be kind to myself. So please, please note that if you're feeling very, very tired at this stage, just rest. Just take it all because, you know, you are getting prepared for labour. You are getting prepared for a newborn. And you may as well just sit and chill and watch a bit of Netflix if that's, you know, if that's calling Calling your name, um, so I think I'm going to wrap it up there because the next podcast episode I will do will about this will probably be my birth birth story. I am going to do a podcast about my birth story because I think it's important to share. Who knows what it will be? I'm planning to have a spontaneous vaginal water birth. If that needs to change, that is okay. I'm open to that changing. I just want this baby to come out happy, healthy, and, you know, just have a really okay birth. Um, Whilst I have a plan, my plan is fle- flexible, and we will just see how things go, you know, and if things turn badly and I need to have a C-section, then fine, just get the baby out and just, you know, make sure it's lovely and healthy and happy and we'll go from there. So, yeah, I'm going to stop there and probably go and have a nap after t- <laughs> To doing this. Um, I'm sure there's probably about a million things that I haven't covered, but hey ho, there we go. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If anybody does listen to this and thinks I want to work with you whilst I'm pregnant and follow your training program, then you can drop me a message on Instagram. Um, you can go to my website, I'll link everything in the bio. You can also do a seven-day trial of my prenatal programme. Currently, this is September 22. I only have a gym prenatal program available at the moment, but I'm working on the home one. Um, and as I go through my postnatal uh, journey, I will be creating a postnatal program as well, because I want to go through it before I launch it. And um, so, yeah, if you are pregnant right now at any stage of your pregnancy, the program runs from week five all the way up to week 38. Obviously, you can tap out if you want to earlier than that. Um, but if you have got any questions and you would like to know more about the prenatal program, then by all means, drop me a message um, or check out the website as well. It's 30 pounds a month, so peach club. Um, is the membership that you'll become part of. And there's also like a course section as well um, on my website where you'll learn how to breathe correctly when you're lifting weights, how to maintain core pressure, and lots and lots of tips and stuff that I've recommended throughout the podcast episodes um, that I'll point you in the direction of also so yeah anyway i hope you've enjoyed listening to this wish me the best of luck i'll let you know on the other side how it goes It's a very weird feeling and i really hope that if you're listening to this that you have had a lovely pregnancy and if you haven't i'm really sorry to hear that i hope everything goes well for you please keep me posted and if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode then don't forget to share tag like comment all of it um sending lots of love and And I'll see you on the other side.